Boy, they could just about do that again. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Remain standing for just a moment. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Uh, it's amazing. I'm telling you, it's amazing how God works. Jalen had no idea what I was preaching this morning. And it's going right along with what I'm fixing to tell you. And this is a real, real, real serious message. Serious message. Uh, this may determine whether you end up in heaven or hell. Uh, I've been preaching and teaching through Wednesday nights. We just go verse by verse through uh, books of the Bible. We happen to be in John at the moment. And uh, we've been about three weeks in the book of uh, John chapter number 6. And, uh, and there's something that's standing out to me that's really burdening my heart. Uh, been in church my whole life. It's all I've ever known. And I, I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of stuff. And I've seen, I've seen people come and I've seen people go and I've seen people play the role. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. One thing that's standing out to me more than probably anything as I've gone through the book of John so far is how many people had false professions. False professions. You see it in, in, in the end of uh, the last of John chapter number 2. You find it real prevalent in John chapter number 6. They're following Jesus because they see the miracles, not because he's the Messiah. Uh, they're following Jesus because they were fed. He said, now you, now you follow me not because you saw the miracles, but because you got a free lunch and you're out for a free handout. You don't care about your sin. You don't care about who I am. You don't care. You don't even think I am who I am. And, and you, you just, you, you, you're out for what you can get. And I'm afraid there's, there's, there's people in churches all over America who are in church for what they can get. And they're in church because they're trying to, they're, they're trying to get their, their, their spouse to do whatever. Or they're trying to get their kid to straighten up or they're trying to get, uh, you know. And so we have a, 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 a terrible problem. A terrible problem. In the beginning of chapter number 6, it said a great multitude followed him. At the end of chapter 6, it said, and many walked away and followed him no more. And so this is what I want to preach about this morning. If you will pray for me, and I, I pray that you will pray for me. The devil's attacked me with this because he knows. You know, here's the thing. <clears throat> for a person to be an atheist, uh, an agnostic, someone who, who doesn't even believe in the Bible, uh, they're in better shape than that one who is sitting in the church pew thinking he's saved. Are y'all with me? So all that, that that's, you're, just, you're just trying to scare us. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm, I'm going to just lay this out right here. I'm not here to make anybody doubt their salvation. But if your salvation can be doubted, there may be a problem. And I, I don't want any true believer to doubt their salvation. I want to build your faith. I want to strengthen your faith. Uh, but Paul said this, make your calling and election sure. He told the Corinthians, he said, look, you need to examine yourself. See that you be in the faith. This is after he's been there two years and preaching and baptizing and building a church. He said, you need to check up. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. So, so we're going we're gonna to deal with that. And we're probably going to deal with it the next few weeks. And I, I want there to be a clear understanding of what true salvation is. I'm not preaching religion. I'm not preaching a list of rules and regulations. I'm preaching about a real, true relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. In Matthew chapter number 7 and verse 13, we'll begin reading. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to, and many, look at that, and many there be which go in thereat. Because, because, I, I, I've, I've read this a, a thousand times. And for some reason this week that word stood out to me. They are going the broad way because, because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, false preachers. Who are them? 
That's the one standing at the wide gate. That's the ones telling you that, 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 that you can live any old way and get in. That's the ones telling you Jesus don't care how you act. Just, just believe that he was so. Just make a mental assent that there was, there was a Savior. No matter how you live, we all sin differently. Let's don't, uh, yeah, that's them. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Now here it is, guys. Listen up. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart. This is, you know what that means? That means they was not once saved and then lost it. You'll have people try to tell you, well, yes, yeah, that's because they were saved at one time, but then they lost. Jesus said, I never knew you. You, you never was in. Therefore, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a, a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, see there's the key, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to preach, <clears throat> and the ability to share your word. I, I, Lord, I truly believe I have your word and your message for the hour. But Lord, I, I'm desperate need of, of the Holy Spirit to touch me. And to help me. And give me an unction from glory to preach your word. This is not a popular message. This is not one people want to hear. But God, I pray that you'll give me the strength and the courage to say what needs to be said. I pray, Lord, that I will say everything that is appropriate and right. And Lord, I won't say anything that should not be said. I pray that your perfect will be done. Touch every heart. Touch the saved. Touch the lost. To those who have genuine, true faith, I pray that you will strengthen it. I pray that you will build it. I pray for those who have a false faith, a false profession. I pray, God, that you will convict their heart as I speak and let them see how desperately they need a real, authentic salvation. And God, I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. I want to preach this morning and, and, and be an encouragement. I'm seeing over and over and over again that church has kind of gotten popular. And, 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 and we, we, have, we have watered things down so much. When I say we, I'm talking about church in general, the American church. Have watered things down so to the point that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter how you behave. It, you just come on in and say that you're saved or, or, or pray this little prayer and, 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 and everything's fine and we'll convince you that you're going to heaven because of that. Well, Jesus has a problem with that type of theology. And Jesus has a problem with that type of teaching and that type of believing. He is speaking to a group of Pharisees. He's speaking to a very, very religious group of people. 
a group of people who had all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted, a group of people, if you was to look at them today, uh, they, would, they would be the ones that you would think had it all together. They would be the ones that you would think if anybody was going to heaven, they're going. But Jesus was totally against their philosophy. Jesus was totally against their theology. And he was warning them here. He said, you may trust in your religion, but I promise you this, there's going to be many people that's going to bust hell wide open trusting in their religion. And so he begins... And and the first thing I want to share with you is a truth. A truth in these verses. Look what Jesus says. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. First he gives them a truth. You say, preacher, what is this truth about? It's the truth about the road of faith. Write that down if you're taking notes. It's the truth about the road of faith, the way of faith, the gate of faith, true faith, true faith. People say they have faith all the time, but I'm talking about true faith, a true profession, an authentic salvation. What is the way? What is the truth of the road of faith? The road of faith that Jesus speaks about, it's a narrow road. And it's a straight gate. Straight means narrow. Straight means skinny. In other words, there's not a whole lot of stuff will fit in it. Are y'all with me? I'm telling you, uh, we, we we need to take our blinders off and understand that we're living in a society that everything goes and everything's okay. But I'm, I've got a problem with that because my Bible is this narrow. And we can't, we, 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 here's what I see in America today. We've created a God who fits the way we want to live. And we've adjusted our beliefs, we've adjusted our, our theology, we've adjusted everything to fit how we want to be. And if somebody comes up here and says something about holiness, and somebody comes up here and says something about separation and living right and true repentance and getting right with God and righteousness, we got a problem with it. We want to call them judgmental. Yeah. And if I say something about your sin... If I say you shouldn't be shacking up with somebody you're not married to, you shouldn't be sleeping with somebody you're not married to, that's right, I said it. If I say that, you want me to say, oh, but we all sin. Come on now, come on. See, that's the broad way. That's the broad way. You have people standing every day, and if you want one of them kind of churches, there's out there. There are plenty of them out there. Their own TV telling you everything, that you don't have to repent, that you can live any lifestyle you want. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said there is a straight gate. There is a narrow way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Listen, the road of faith that Jesus is talking about is a road of sacrifice. It's a road of submission. It's a road of surrender. It's a road of obedience. It's a road of self-denial. It's a road of holiness and purity and godliness. I need a witness this morning. That's the truth. That's the truth. He tells them, listen, I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe. But let me tell you about the straight gate. And let me tell you about the real way and real faith and real salvation. It is a narrow way. It's a narrow way. See, this is the truth. We've we've created a popular Christianity. We've created a popular religion. We've created something that's palatable, something that's easy to swallow because we don't want to offend anybody. And you know what Jesus said when he come? He said, I come to separate sons from fathers. In other words, his, his point being is this, that his teaching and his doctrine is going to separate even families. Are y'all with me? The road is narrow. The road is narrow. The way is straight. Listen, there's a truth. There's a truth. Look what it says in Luke 9, 23. Preacher, I just think you're just trying to be too hard. Well, think about this, Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them, all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. 
Luke 14, Luke 14, 26. If any man will come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, let me, let me clarify that. We know that he's using a hyperbole here, and the word hate there means to love less. He is saying you have to love me primarily. I have to be number one in your life. I have to be more important than your wife. I have to be more important than your kids. I have to be more important than your family. Matter of fact, I have to be more important than your own life. I'm just reading what Jesus said. And whosoever doth not bear his cross come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it. All that begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else while there is they, the, the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. Amen. How much of that are you hearing preach? Cannot be my disciple. Listen, there is a truth about the road of faith. <clears throat> there is a truth about the results of faith. The results of faith. Look in, look in your Bible. Look in, look in Matthew chapter number 7. <clears throat> right, after, right after he tells them about a straight gate and a narrow way, he begins to tell them, he begins to tell them <clears throat> about some trees. He begins to tell them about some trees. He talks about two gates and two ways and, and, and two destinies, life and destruction. Now he's talking about two trees. He says, let me, let me explain it this way. He said, a good tree cannot have bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot have good fruit. But a good tree is going to produce good fruit. Now what's the, what's the principle behind that? There is going to be a result of getting saved. That what is the result? It's fruit bearing. It's fruit bearing. Let me, let me read a verse for you. <clears throat> we all good? Everybody good? Amen. Everybody take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's going to get worse. Take a deep breath. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become, become new. He's a new creature. He's not the same. When you get saved, when you, when you get that kind of salvation them, them guys were singing about a while ago, you ain't the same. You, 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 I know that's not good English, but I'm going to tell you like it is. You ain't the same. You ain't going to be the same. You ain't going to think the same. You ain't going to act the same. And you ain't going to talk the same. You're a new creature. Things are different. Well, we're having fun this morning, ain't we? All right. Luke 8, verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were coming to him and out of every city, he spake a parable. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed and he sowed and some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon a rock and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground, sprang up, bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried. He hath the ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? He said, what are, what, Basically, what are you talking about? And he said unto you, It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now this parable is this. Now watch following. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They that are on the rock are they which hear, receive the word with joy. And in other words, make a profession, say, yeah, I believe that. But they have no root. It was not genuine. It was not authentic. And these have no root, which, while, but why, for which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they had heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. 
and that on the good ground are they, now watch this, they are they which in an honest and a good heart have heard the word and keep it. Say that with me. And, and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, now, when you look at this parable, here's what you got to understand. There wasn't but one group in there that was saved. And that was the last group. There was only one group that was saved. There was no saved and lost it. There was no saved and lost it. There was, these were false professions. They were people who come in and kind of like church and kind of like the music and kind of like the fellowship, kind of like what was going on, like the idea of religion in itself. But there was no true repentance. There was no true submission to Christ. There was no true salvation. And after a while, when things got hot, when things got difficult, when trials come, listen, they fall out like flies. There was no genuine faith. But he says those who that seed fell into that good ground into that good heart. There was a true salvation. There was a true profession of faith. And any time, let me say it again, any time there's a true profession and a true salvation, there will always be fruit. Always fruit. Here's the truth. If you tell me you got saved and nothing changes in your life, nothing is different in your life, you keep living the same life you've always lived. You keep behaving like you've always behaved. There's been no change. There's been no difference. You've not shown the evidence of being a new creature. Honey, you did not get saved. I'm just telling you the truth. You didn't get saved. I don't care how much you like the songs. I don't care how much you like the services. I don't care how much you like the church. If you did not see fruit in your life, you did not get saved. Now, there's going to be different levels of fruit. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say everybody's going to be Billy Graham three days after you get saved. Some think Billy Graham ain't saved, but either way, it doesn't matter. Anyway, you get my point. You're not going to be perfect, but there's going to be something different. There's going to be a change. There's going to be a difference in appetite. You're not going to be able to do what you used to do because when you go to do what you used to do, you're not going to feel comfortable. You're not going to feel right because there's someone called the Holy Ghost that rises up inside of you. They will convict you of your sin. Somebody say amen. This is the truth. This is the truth. We have to hear this. We need to hear this. Preacher, I don't like the way you're preaching. Well, you're going, to be, you're going to really not like the second one. <laughs> because the second one, there's a tragedy. There's a tragedy. Jesus is telling them. Jesus is explaining to them. He's speaking to a crowd who, who are totally trusting in their religious fervor. They're trusting in their, 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 the way they live. Listen, they, they, they are totally confident in their good works. And he's trying to warn them. He's trying to tell them. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When he goes into what we're fixing to read now, he goes way beyond the day they're living in. Because the people that they, he describes now are preaching in his name. So he's talking about modern-day Christianity. He's talking about way in the future. Watch what he says. Guys, listen. Pay close attention to this. Pay close attention to this. Verse number number 22. Here's the tragedy. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day. What day? The day of judgment. The day they stand before him. You see, right now he's our savior. But one day he'll be our judge. And when we stand before him, it says, Many will say to me in that day, the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works. In other words, they're pleading their case. They're saying, We've got to be saved. We've got to be saved. We, we, we've called you Lord. We made a profession. Watch what it says. And then will I profess unto them. Their profession is in verse 22. His profession is in verse 23. Then will I profess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. 
They were deceived. They were deceived. Here's the tragedy. Here's the tragedy. First, they were deceived by a profession. I'm fixing to get really real, so, so please just, just hear me out. They were deceived by a profession. They said, Lord, Lord. That, that, is, a, that is a term of declaring and a declaration. You're my Lord. But do you remember the verse where Jesus says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? You see, here they're standing before God, having every, every intention, having every thought, and having every, uh, 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 just totally believing, we're fixing to walk through the pearly gates. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Wait, what a minute, whoa, ho, ho. Wait a minute, what do you mean you knew? No, no, hey, didn't, we called you Lord. We made a profession, but you know, back in such and such a day, we prayed that prayer and everything. You know, back, you know, and, and when I was growing up, when I was growing up, uh, the old timers used to say it this way, because this, this is a possibility. There's times you can get caught up in the emotions. You can get caught up in the invitation. You can get caught up in the service, and it's a very moving service. It's a, hey, it could be this. I, when, I was, when I was a kid, you know, evangelists would come to church and preach on hell and scare it out of you. And I've seen other people go to the altar. I'm going to the altar. I'm, yeah, I'll go. Tell me whatever I need to say. I don't want to go there. And with fear tactics, as much as I'm ashamed to say this, we've used everything in the world to try to talk people into getting saved. And let me tell you something. If I talk you into it, you probably didn't get it. If it's not the Holy Spirit drawing you and pulling you and wooing you and showing you that you're a sinner, undone without God, are y'all with me? And so what happens is we get caught up in the emotions. We pray a prayer. We say a prayer. And the, and the guy leading us said, hey, because you prayed this prayer, you're saved for good no matter what. You can't lose it. So no matter, you are saved. And so they live their life, nothing different, nothing changed. They lived their life believing because they prayed a prayer. They made a profession that I'm in. I'm in. You see, this is the same thing these people did. It's the same thing the people did in John chapter number 2. It says they believed in him, but he didn't believe in them. In other words, in other words Jesus didn't believe in their profession. He knew it wasn't real. He knew it was surface. He knew it wasn't from a good heart. They just believed in him for what he could do for them. Same thing in John 6. And because of a profession, because of a prayer they made one day. And I'm telling you, this is, this is, this is burdening me. Because I grew up in this and I'm seeing this over and over again. Now, now let me prove it. Any of us right now could go in, this, in our community and take a survey. We could go in it. We could knock on any door and you can ask them, are you a Christian? They ain't been to church. They can't remember when they've been to church. Living like hell itself. But you ask them, are you a Christian? Yeah. Why, yeah, I'm a Christian. Some think they're a Christian because their parents was a Christian. Some think they're a Christian because they prayed a prayer in, 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 in vacation Bible school. Yeah. Yet in their life, there's no fruit. In their life, there's no change. But yet they think, I'm saved. And this is what the old timers used to call it. The devil slipped them a counterfeit. Deceived. He says, many... It's not going to be few. Now, now think about this. They're not only deceived by a profession. They're deceived by a performance. They said, but preacher, we did. Let me put it in, let me put it in terms we can understand. I, I got to be saved. I taught Sunday school. 
Prophesy means to proclaim. Guess what? You know what, you know what that's saying? There's going to be preachers in hell. There's going to be preachers who stood behind a pulpit and are in hell today. Sure, I, don't, I just don't know how that can be. Let me tell you something. I'm a coon hunter. And I've gone to trade day. And I've watched preachers. And I've heard preachers lie cheat and do all kind of stuff. Don't, don't, don't think because somebody hangs a reverend in front of their name. Come on, brother. Come on. That don't mean anything. Everybody and their brother calls himself a preacher. Somebody told me to go up to, to, to East Tennessee, shake a bush, and five will fall out the tree. Dr. Melvin Biggs said it better than anything I've ever heard. Preachers are a dime a dozen, but real men of God are few and far between. This verse says there's going to be preachers in hell. There's going to be Sunday school teachers in hell. There's going to be deacons in hell. There's going to be church members in hell. You know what? I, I've always wondered growing up. <clears throat> and be careful what you say around little people. But I've always wondered growing up as a little kid in church, how in the world could somebody know God and love God and say they love the church and gossip like they do? I mean, leave church saying, oh, how I love Jesus and talk about everybody in it all the way home. Get on the phone. Get on the phone. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to plow. Yeah. How is that so? How, 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 how is it so that you could come and, 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 and act one way here and then go out and do that lying and stealing and cheating and acting up and carrying on all how is, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't how's that, how's that part? That, I'll tell you how. They're not saved. Amen. They're not saved. Now, preacher, you say, are you preaching about sinless perfection? No. no. There is no preacher on this planet who would never preach that like this preacher would never preach that. I understand. I shave me every day. It's not about perfection. It's about direction. Nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody gets saved and boom, everything's fixed and everything's right. Everything. But I'm telling you what, you're going to be headed that way. They're, they're deceived. Deceived by a prayer, maybe they prayed one day. Deceived, maybe by their performance. Well, preacher, we did this, and, and, and Lord, we did this. We, we cast out. Now, think about this. This is not fringe people here. He's not talking about blatant atheists. He's not talking about agnostic people. He's talking about religious church people. And he says, many, many. And I'm going to say, I never knew you all across America churches are filled with people who are deceived we wonder why there's such such problems and such division and such difficulty churches splitting all the time churches arguing all the time churches fussing and fighting all the time I tell you why the sheep's got a bunch of goats in them Deceived. Deceived. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we did this and, and, and we did that. But he's going to say, I never knew. That's right. Amen. You see, there's a truth. There's a tragedy. But then he, we see a test. A test. What, what, Richard, how can we know if it's real? How, how, how can we know if what we got is the real deal? Let me, let me say this. My dad's sitting right there. Uh, his life and my life was totally opposite. He, he did not grow up in a church home. 
He did not grow up in a church atmosphere. Matter of fact, his parents or grandparents were not church people. Unconverted. Uh, he, he lived a, a, a pretty rough life. And a tough life and a, and a sinful life. He'll be the first to testify. Bad guy. Let me just say this. The type of person he was when I was in school, I hated them kind of people. Mean people. Just rough people. And he got saved. Come to a church one day, and the Holy Spirit's conviction was so real and gripped his heart and hung him over hell and showed him who he really was. Say, what happened? What that song said. And I'm talking about he got the verily, verily kind. When he got saved, he got saved all over. Y'all with me? I'm talking about about from, from life to death, from darkness to light. It was drastic. It was unbelievable. It was like everything. Wow. He got saved. So what's your point? I, I, I wasn't like that. I could sing Christian songs and I could quote Bible verses before I could read. Before I had the ability to read, I could quote Bible verses. Went to Christian school, knew the Bible, liked the Bible. I liked Jesus. Because everything I was told about him, he's pretty cool. Now think about it, I'm talking as a little kid. And as as I said, I made professions of faith. And one day, God showed me, going to church ain't it. God showed me all those Bible verses you memorized, that ain't enough. You, You know all them Christian stories that you know all about? And you could probably teach better than your Sunday school teacher? Just because your daddy's a preacher? I had a preaching daddy and a shouting mama. You know what? I was lost. And God showed me I was a sinner. A sinner. And I had to be broken. And I had to experience sorrow of my sin because godly sorrow worketh repentance. Boy, I got saved. Isn't it amazing that a church kid had to get the same thing as a hoodlum kid? Yeah, we all look at the crack addict and the meth head and all that kind of stuff, and, 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 and you have no idea. They may be closer to heaven than you are. Because they know they need to change, and you think you're okay. Many will say in that day. But he says, let me tell you, this is the way it is. There's a test. Preacher, you trying to make me doubt? Lord, no. I don't want nobody to doubt because I've doubted before. Matter of fact, I've had a worse problem doubting than he did because he went from death into life and, and darkness into light. And his was so drastic and different. Mine, I believed in Jesus as much after I got saved as before I got saved. So there wasn't this drastic change. I wasn't this great, horrible sinner. I was a good kid. I was the preacher boy. Seriously, I'm not making this up. My father's right there. We had a little lady in the church, Granny King. She's about this big, and she could not. It didn't matter when I had to walk by, and she had to grab both of my cheeks and say, my little preacher boy. (laughs) Every Sunday. Am I making that up? This big right here. She'd wring your jaws, my little preacher boy. Y'all with me? I've got to loosen y'all up a little bit. Y'all tight this morning. He said, let me tell you the way it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you what real faith is and a real profession, an authentic profession, and true salvation is. 
Here's what, here's what it's like. Here's what it's like for someone to hear my word and do it. There's that key. Did y'all catch that? Hear my word and He's like a guy who builds his house. And when he builds this house, he builds it on a rock. He establishes a good foundation and he, and he sets the foundation. It takes a while. It, take, it, it takes time. And, and, and he, he, he gets the foundation right. And when he gets the foundation right, he builds a house upon it. And, 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 and then I, I, the, the, the one with a false profession and the one with a false faith and the one who's been deceived, uh, uh, they hear the word but don't do it. He's a guy who builds on sand. There's nothing solid. There's nothing, there's not, there's not a good foundation, but we just build up anyway. You say that describes the person who just comes to church and just gets in the program. They don't lay a foundation. They don't set the foundation. They just start building their religious life. They just start singing. They just start getting involved. And there's no foundation. And, and, and guess what? The houses look the same. They got the same windows in them. They got the same doors in them. They got the same shingles on the roof. And, and if you was to look at the houses side by side, and they were close together because the same storm got both of them. Y'all with me? And, and, and if you was to look from the outside and the surface, everything looked great. Everything looked the same. There was no difference except for the what you cannot see. But the storm came. And the storm in this story represents judgment. The storm represents judgment. Listen, you're, gonna, you're not going to get into heaven by majority vote. You're not going to get into heaven by what somebody else thinks about you or whether somebody thinks... Your mama's going to say you're a good Christian no matter how much a hoodlum you are. Right. Y'all with me? Amen. You're going to fall under judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this the... And the judgment, the storm of judgment will come. This old boy over here who laid a good foundation, the one who heard the word and did the word, here he is. He has a good foundation. And the house made it through the storm of judgment. But this old boy over here who had a false uh, salvation and a false profession, he didn't leave a foundation. He didn't put a good foundation. The, The Bible says the house fell and great was the fall of it. So what's the test? What's the test? All through the Bible, there's really one indicator, one genuine, authentic indicator of true profession, of true salvation. You can say fruit is a, it again, it is, that's a good indicator. You're going to bear fruit. You, you, if you don't bear fruit, you, you didn't get it, so that's a good indicator. It's not as good as indicators this one. Watch what it says. Here it is. It says, verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and, 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 here's the deal, here's the deal. Does the pattern, now watch this, stay with me now, I'm almost done. Does the pattern of my life match the profession of my faith? In other words, am I living a life of obedience? Because the guy that made the right foundation, he's the one that did it. He was a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Are y'all with me? Let's put this here. Let's go right back to James. He says, don't you understand that faith without works is dead? Let me read it. Look what it says. James 2, James 2, verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. He says, and this is, this is, this is, very, this is very enlightening. Thou believest that there is one God. He says, that's pretty good. 
Thou believest that there is one God, that thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? You say, preacher, I believe in Jesus. So does the devil. And they tremble. But they've not submitted themselves to Christ in his leadership in their life. I believe that. Listen, I believe that Jesus was real. I believe that there was a heaven. I believe that there was a hell. I believed everything about the Bible. When I was growing up, I had learned all about it. I believed it all, but I was lost. Until I came to Christ when he was drawing me, and I surrendered, and I submitted to him, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. Save my soul. That moment I was saved. Are y'all getting this? How do I know if I'm saved? Does the pattern of your life match the profession of your faith? Man, there would have been a time I'd have said, well, well, did you, did you, was there ever a time? Was there ever a time that you prayed and asked God to save you? See, that's not a good, that's not a good response. Because there's people all through the Bible who've made professions of faith, yet they were lost. They prayed a prayer, but they were lost. Say, but you mean to tell me I can't pray a prayer and get saved? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you prayed that prayer and nothing changed, you're preaching works. No, I'm not. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. But I'm here to tell you, if it's genuine, if it's real, if it's real, if it's authentic, something will come after. There will be a change. There will be works. There will be evidence. He said, bring me fruits, meat of repentance. What's your life? Don't tell me you prayed a prayer in 1968 and you've lived like hell itself all the way through because I'm going to tell you this, never knew you. That's right. Amen. That's what Jesus is saying. Does your profession match up with the pattern of your life? Is there a pattern of submission? Is there a pattern of obedience? It's him that heareth the word and doeth it. The only thing that separated the good foundation from the bad foundation was obedience. Now let me say this. Let me say this. I believe a man can be saved and get out of the will of God. I believe a man can be saved and get out of the will of God. But here's the difference. He can't stay that way. So why can't he stay that way? Because God's going to beat the devil out of him. I got Bible. For whom he loveth, he chasteneth. If you are without chastening, you're a bastard, not a son. That means you're illegitimate. If you claim to be saved and God is not correcting you because you're living outside of what the Bible says to be, if he's not whooping you, you don't belong to it. The word bastard means illegitimate. You have an illegitimate profession. You are not, you do not belong to him. Well, how long does it take for God to get our attention? Really? I don't know, children of God, how long does it take for God to get your attention? He mine five minutes before I get stupid. And does not leave me alone till I make it right. What if they just refuse to get it right? God will take them home. Got Bible for that too. I'm not saying somebody can't make a mistake. But I promise you, when you've got true, genuine faith and true, genuine salvation, when you do make that mistake, you're miserable. The Holy Spirit is convicting you so bad until you make that right. And if you don't have that, you say, preacher, you're you're trying to make me doubt. No, I'm trying to make you examine yourself. This kind of preaching is going to make people not come. Yeah, they quit following Jesus too. But I'd rather be able to stand in heaven and say I told you the truth than to stand up here and tell you everything's all right and watch you die and go to hell. 
telling you the truth. The next few weeks, I'm going to be preaching on repentance. What is true repentance? What is it? Listen, John the Baptist came preaching repent. Guess what? When he was beheaded, Jesus took up the same message and said repent. He said, oh, but that's back in the, yeah, when Jesus went back to heaven and the church was established in Acts chapter number 2 and filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what Peter's message was? Repent. We want salvation without repentance. Yes. That's what we want. We, we want an easy way. Yeah. We want to just keep being what we're being and living like we're living and everything. Oh, I, just, I just want to go to heaven. I don't want to act like it. Sorry. Straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find. I'm here to tell you, this is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. How many of y'all know time is short? I had to do a funeral this week. Listen, and one of the one of the points of the message was life is short. He said. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a short time and vanisheth away. Life is so brief. I was at Jack's this morning. AD, that family that walked out in front of us, had the little girl. I was walking behind them. I said, guys, y'all enjoy that because it won't last. I said, they grow up so fast. I said, I got four girls. And they said, we got three girls. I said, it's not only going to go fast, but you're going to be broke. <laughs> Do I have a witness, Brother Montgomery? That's God's my witness. That's exactly what I said. The father said, I know. <laughs> Told him, I said, mine's married in North Carolina, two in college, and the baby... The baby's a sophomore in high school. I said, it's just gone by so fast. And life here on this earth is so temporary. I heard it said this way. It's not that life is so short, it's you're dead so long. In other words, look at eternity. What, what, is, what is 80 years? What is 100 years? Let's say you make it to 150. What does that compare to eternity? We better be right. We better be sure. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to do everything I can to preach the truth.